I was running late. Running a little late, but I think I'm up and running. You know, listen, I'm going to be completely honest. Before we get the show started, I want everyone to thank uh, Frank, Flippin' Franks there, Flank Fripps, uh, the old Joey Eyeglass. I blame him for being late. Uh, unfortunately, before doing my show prep, he uh, he was airing something, and it was one of those episodes uh, that you, you just you couldn't pull away. No matter what you did, you just could not pull away from what he was covering. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about communism. Communism and the lack of Chris Paul to possibly be able to debate. Uh, I'm going to have to change the title here for a second. So uh, listen to this real quick, and uh, I'll be right back after these messages. Stand by. This is Magnax Syndrome, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer to one of the greatest epics ever produced in the history of television. And there's more, because you are going to see it as well. Calling some bitches out. Ow! Metal loss. I don't know what to tell you, cracker. Uh, please excuse me, Your Honor. You can't hold me no longer. Can't you feel the vibration? I broke out and left traces. Go ahead, try catch me if you can, man. You'll be looking all night, I'm a sad man. New York, London, to Japan. I'm a show the whole world who I am. Boom, boom, boom. Major look, huh? Yeah, this one is fake books. All these senses I touch, I move straight on these rooks, huh? Hold me up or hold me down, huh? Have my back or hold my crown. Either you with me or not, but you better give all you got, cause I break this Jersey, and if you know, you know. If not, you're just going to have to look that up. Uh, but it's from a movie. It's from a movie, and uh, one, of the, you know, one of the best movies out there, especially since I'm from uh, Canadian. 
Canadian. Um, let me pop this out. I'm running late. I'm running late, and I apologize. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to get any detention money because I was late for pickup. Fully aware of that. Lights on, so it's a little bit. I like kick on. Okay, it did. Uh, but we got some stuff to talk to. I mean, listen, listen. It, 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 I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're in here. Franks, Franks, somebody get a hold of Franks. Somebody get a hold of Franks because I blame him. Uh, he is fully to blame at this situation. Um, and I blame him. Like I said, I was trying to do my show prep this morning at like six o'clock in the morning. Um, and unfortunately he popped up and it was one of those things that I swear to God, if we could get a reality show, maybe we need to reach out. Um, yeah, go get him. Maybe we need to reach out to like the history channel, the discovery channel, travel channel. I, I don't know what channel we need to reach out to. I really don't. Um, but if, if we can all reach out to the travel channel, I think we, and we have to do it as a, I'm going to LLC, I'm going to LLC my, well, it's already LLC, uh, but my, um, Sage Outcast Studios. And I think we issue a proposal for this show. It'll go viral, viral. Um, so this is just something that it, it, I was, it was, I couldn't get away, couldn't get away. It's kind of scary. I'm trying to get this thing set. All right. So a couple things. So also, as everybody knows, I do have a membership for 99 cents. Um, if you can't afford it, too bad. It's 99 cents. Um, but that's basically one of the things I'm putting out there. What's going to be a part of that? Well, it's supporting the show. Uh, and I don't know. I'll think of something for the 99 cents. I think I'm about buying. Here's what I'm thinking about getting. I think I'm going to get a 3D printer. And I think I'm going to see how I can make bobbleheads. And maybe we do trucking drama bobblehead merch, right? Uh, we get a couple coach, a couple stewies, um, you know, out there. And we create some action figures or some bobbleheads to go on the dashboards of your trucks. There he is. There, I, listen, listen, flipping Franks. You flipping, dr dr that was it this morning, bro. I hold you, everyone in the chat, everyone on the show can now hold flipping Franks accountable for my tardiness. It was my tardiness, okay? Because he, I, I woke up this morning and I normally do some show prep and I normally go say, what am I going to cover today? What am I going to talk about? What are we going to go over? And he was live and I'm like, you know what? While I'm doing a little bit of reading, I want to read about this drain the swamp. I want to read about this. I want to read about mega. So I'm like, well, I can I, I can skim through and read and, and listen to what he's going to talk about. And his show today was absolutely riveting. It was absolutely you could not pull yourself away. It was it was a NASCAR wreck that was just even the pace car got into the wreck. I mean, legitimately, the pace car rolled out with the cars and crashed and burned into the wall. And every single car, except for, I don't know, maybe somebody on a bicycle, uh, maybe the guy running alongside with the camera, uh, was the only thing that didn't hit the wall. And it was one of those things that was, I, I don't know, all I can think of is Funny Farm. And I'm going to clip that probably while we're doing this show. I'm going to clip a part in Funny Farm that they roll up as the movers and he's like, you're late, you're late. And I don't know, I'm at a loss, cracker. I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss on why I could not, I couldn't pull away. I'm, I, I, it left me 
with more questions than answers. It, me. It left me with more questions than answers. It, it truly did. I don't know what Twilight Zone I entered into, what part of reality I drifted into within this time zone of 6 a.m. I, I don't remember if there was flashing lights. I can't remember if I saw uh, this guy trucks uh, in and out of my thought. I, I have no idea what happened from the time of around 6. This is Eastern Standard Time. From somewhere around 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. I just I, I can't even remember what, what the hell happened and where I was. I think it, it, I think Flips has discovered the original best trucker. I truly do. I I truly believe that the original best trucker was discovered like a caveman frozen in the ice, and it, we have established the origin of the evolution of best. I I, I there's that that it's the best evolution. I think I'm gonna, it's like a Darwin's evolution. Maybe it's now best evolution. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're just going to have to watch. Uh, did, you, uh, did you leave that up? Please tell me you left that up. It is, I'm telling you, if we could get these together, if we could get Michelle Best and James Best in a truck on a reality show, team driving, but I don't want full team driving, right? I legitimately want super soloing, all right? I want interaction. I want showing up at shippers. I want picking loads. I want talking to brokers. I want legitimate super solo interaction. The best of the best reality trucking show. It would go fucking viral. It would go viral. It, it, it is the train wreck of train wreck of, of the trucking industry, I would think. And I, I swear to God, people would pay. I swear to I would pay. I would legitimately pay. I'd legitimately pay. It got to the point that it went, it went from YouTube and it somehow, I turned my head for a second. I swear to God. I think I picked something up off the floor and st sat back up again. And it legitimately turned into OnlyFans. I, I was like, what happened? I just picked my pen up off the floor that I was taking notes with on something else. And when I sat back up, we legitimately turned into some OnlyFans material. It was OnlyFans material. It, it should not be free to YouTube. It shouldn't be free to YouTube. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He has drifts. He has... Somehow, somebody, however this was originally found, has drifted into reality TV gold. Gold! I'm telling you, there are gold in them hell heels. Alright, I wanted to get that out. But I don't I don't know. It is um I still can't. I still don't have answers. I'm still dumbfounded. I, I don't know if I I don't know if I maybe stop, stop. Don't even bring it back. Don't even bring back the sweet potato. Don't even give it away. Don't even give it away because that could go membership any second now. And it's I don't know. I, I, I don't. Maybe I had a seizure. Maybe I had some type of seizure for an hour. But I, I, it was. I could not talk about flashing lights and what we talked about yesterday with anxiety and stress. It, you, you, you couldn't pull away. The only thing that saved me is, is he had to go. 
he had to go. Like he legitimately had to leave and it, and it cut feed. Um, and then I woke up, um, I believe in, in, in cold sweats and in scared and for society as a whole, I think, I think that's what my first thoughts were. I think it was my first thoughts because all I'm thinking is, is that person has the same votes. Their vote is worth the same as mine. Listen, if there is anybody on the internet that will drive you to want rigged elections, it is 100% what, what Flips Franks just showed on his live stream this morning. I don't want fair elections. I don't want them anymore. Um, I, I, I don't want them. I would rather them be rigged because at least if, they, if they're rigged, if, they, if people tell me they're, they're not real and, they're, and they're, it's all fake, I at least have an excuse on, on why society is the way it is. Because if, if they're not fucked up, if they're not completely forged, fraud and, and forgery, and this, is, and this is real elections, tell me we're not doomed. Tell me we're not doomed. We're doomed. We're legitimately doomed. So, I, like I said, I don't know if we found the, the missing link uh, to the James Best. I don't know if this is frozen, like I said, frozen in the ice or whatever it was, but it was frozen in time of YouTube. And I swear to God, it, it's, it, is, it is like digging something up that you're like, oh, God, this was just, there was, a, there was nothing but chaos here. And, and I'm telling you, this, we have got to get on this. We have got to Twitter this at and, and, and stream this and send this to whatever. Listen, if GW Bulls can get on TV, please tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. If that knucklehead can get on TV, we have legitimate gold here. Legitimate gold. Right? Legitimate gold. So somebody... See if we can get a hold of the best and, and, and facilitate and see if he's, uh, uh, you know, proof of life on that and any type of system. See if we can shake him, we can sober him, we can get him out there. And I think even if we, you know, give him a few drinks, roll them down there into some type of, uh, like I said, travel channel, history, history channel could be good because, you know, we can go with the evolution path there. Um, Discovery channel, anything like that. I, I think we need to we need to do this. Because I think I think Frank's onto onto something. I think Flips is onto something. Um, that's why I'm late. Uh, look, once you watch it, you guys will f fully understand why it's okay for me to be late. All right. Oh, I listen. I'm not telling you. I I, I look. I went into Photoshop and I did some screenshots. I pulled some stuff. I placed pictures side by side. I've placed pictures over the top of other pictures. We got a problem. We got a problem. Um, I'm just, I'm just letting you know there is an extreme, um, extreme resemblance. And and I, I'm just, I just look. I no longer, at one time, I no longer. Um, I understand. I understand now the amount of alcohol consumption uh, by Mister Best. Wouldn't you? I mean, let's be honest. Let's be fair to the guy now, all right? Let's be fair and honest to the situation at this point, right? Because I don't know if there'd be enough alcohol in a keg. Um, 
I don't know. I don't, I'll leave it at that. Let you guys decide. I don't want to sway your decisions. Uh, you're going to have to watch Frank's flip. Uh, uh, I don't, do I even have it? Is it still up? Uh, let me see if I can get it. Because it's going to be in my history, unfortunately. It's never going to go away. Let me pull this up. And, and even if it's not in my history, it is legitimately stuck in my memory. Uh, yeah, there he is right there. We're going to drop this. Hang on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, pull from his views. Let me pull back here. Stand by. Like I said, I, I had a whole nother show prep done. Uh, but like I said, just dropping a link there. And, uh, all I can say, all I can say, just experience it yourself. I'm not to blame for any type of blurred vision, loss of vision. I'm not to blame for that. You know, there should be a warning that says this might cause seizures. This might cause, you know, problems, things like that. There should be one, but he doesn't have it up right now. So I'm officially making that, uh, that notification. Uh, possible loss of vision, possible uh, emergency blindness, brain oversaturation type blindness. Um, this is all a possibility. Seek, seek medical help if any of that stuff happens. Um, you'll be fine. All right. I'm going to go ahead and end on that, and we're going to go on this. So I was going to have a whole other thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's up. I saw it as a copy claim, uh, but that's it. Yeah, and it, I don't know why it has copy claim, unless she struck you. Which, again, it was fair use. Um, and, and fair use is basically you can, you can talk over the top of videos. You can critique them. Um, you can do that's fair use. So, like, when, you know, news channels grab something and plays it and they talk over top of a video or they, they use that clip and they explain, that's, that's fair use, right? Things like that. So, it's definitely fair use is when you're stopping it and talking and discussing it and, and going over it. That falls under fair use. So... I don't, you just fight it. If something, if there's a claim, just fight the claim under, and then just type into the claim review under fair use. Um, and it'll get, it'll get popped back up because that's, oh, BB, thank you so much for the 99 cents member. Uh, he is now a member of one of the outcasts. Uh, and we will take all of this money and we will use it towards the pilot episode of, uh, the best and best trucking reality show. The best of the best trucking reality show. I think that'd be fantastic. All right. Now that that conversation's done and I've got a fully uh, comprehensive uh, reason and follows here. Uh, look, some of the stuff, like I said, some of it's going to be trucking, some of it's not going to be trucking. I'm just going to kind of talk about stuff. Uh, sometimes it's going to be political. Sometimes it's going to be logistics. Sometimes it's not. It's just kind of what I want to talk about. That's the best part about having a show. Like right now, like I said, I got a dead channel, right? Because right? I did a bunch of other stuff with it. Then I pulled back and switched stuff, got bored of it and just said, you know what? I'm good to go. And um, so with the, I think one of the best parts of my show, my channel now is that I don't I don't get a, a, a zillion views. I, I'm not looking for the views. I'm legitimately doing it because I want to do it, and I really don't give a shit what people think. So for me, it's it's not about the views. It's about, look, I'm going to say this stuff, and it's going to get back to the person that I want it to get back to, and that's really all that matters. Um, oh, was your music you played in the beginning? Oh, then you're fine. You're just going to have to fight that one because I play music all the time. That gets me after a strike. That's fine. So... Here is what, like I said, now that we're done doing that, you guys are welcome to go watch uh, Flips if you want, or you're welcome to stick around. I'm not holding you to anything. Um, like I said, I, if it was me right now, I would probably leave my show and say, I got to see what he's talking about if you haven't seen it. What the hell is he talking about? Um, so that is a possibility also. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, viral, viral, Netflix series. I don't give a shit. Who, Amazon Prime. I don't give a shit. We, we, we have got to make this happen. All right.
Let me see. Best claim. All right. All right. So one of the people that I go back and forth with uh, in regards that I thought that this was, uh, like I said, once I heard this and I I shot him, I I shot an X or tweet or whatever the hell it's called now at him, uh, plus a couple of people and, and things like that, because I can't, this this is legitimately one of the most dumbest people I've I've interacted with that really thinks he's smart, like he really wants to be smart. And this this is Chris Paul. So Chris Paul is somebody that is um, on Rumble. He's I'm your moderator on Twitter. He's at I'm your moderator, uh, and he has a show called Be Respectful. Um, and he is all about um, election. And, and, and the fraud of her election, things like that, right? And, and it's all, all he can focus on. I believe to the fact that he has like a mental issue of Ashton Burgers or, or something like that. So he is on Badlands Media. He's on CanCon on Fridays and, and he's got his own Rumble thing. And, and we've gone back and forth because I was a long time ago, I was on a show with CanCon and he was on the show and stuff like that. And I, I can't remember, we disagreed a little bit in regards to logistical stuff and um, oh, it was uh, the, the Canadian stuff. And I basically said, look, these, if the, unfortunately, this is a Defense Production Act. Trucking falls into Defense Production Act. If these guys up in Canada think they're going to strike, they're going to go after their insurance companies. They're going to shut off their bank accounts. They're going to do this. And I said that before that happened. Right? I, I legitimately said that, that this is what they're going to do. They're going to consider them some type of, a, a, you know, a, a, at that point, a terrorist situation. And because it's Defense Production Act, you can't shut down the bridge, you can't shut down trade, you can't shut down logistics, it falls under Defense Production Act, and they will consider you under, at least in this country, I don't know with them, um, a part of the Patriot Act, and they will legitimately take action against that, and they'll shut your bank accounts down, and they'll shut your insurance down, things like that. And they did. But bef- uh, and but, but this was before they actually did it. And I told him that that was going to happen. He's like, no, nah, it ain't going to happen. They're not going to do that. That'll be war and all this. I'm like, no, it ain't going to be anything. Trust me. And they're going to do it. And they did it. So I've had a couple of interactions with him and we've been going back and forth um, in regards to stuff because he is, he's pro, 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 pro MAGA, pro, right. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. But the problem is, is like, I've talked about this before is you, you got to be able to have conversations. Um, you got to be able to have back and forth. You got to be able, able to have this stuff. Like I know TC Boggs would, you know, also disagree with me a little bit, but in regards to the left, you, I at least have to, people on the left have their right to have their say. Now, again, I, it's my job to debate them. It's my job to, to prove they're wrong. It's my job to show them if I can prove it with facts, not just tell them they're wrong, but to go back and forth and, and create debate and create conversations so that eventually we can get someplace rather than just hate each other. And then eventually daddy comes in, which is called the government and makes knee-jerk reactions that none of us like. And I don't want that. I want us to be able to go back and forth and us be able to go back and talk to each other um, I didn't even see the trailer for GTA Six, but I can check that as soon as I'm done here. But I haven't seen that um the trailer. So I've gone back and forth, and we got to the point where he basically he calls, like he'll call everybody communist, right? And my 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 statement is, well, can you define communist? Can you? Def- I mean, you're calling me a communist. Can you define that? So I'm gonna shuffle this to the side because I gotta be able to press the button here. Hang on. Let me shrink this down because once I push the button, I can control it with my my roadcaster. All right, let me do this. Not my roadcaster. All right, actually, let me move this to the side. You go like this. Let me shuffle this around so you know who we're talking about. 
Um, because I'm on Rumble also, and I don't know if there's anybody watching on Rumble. Shit, I don't know. I don't really care. He'll watch it later. And I'm also on Twitter or X, and I'm also on StreamYard. All right. So this is um his show, and 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 this is kind of pertaining to. I'm definitely one of the people he's talking about, and there's probably others. <laughs> Hang on, that's just his startup music. I think it's only a minute. Right. He's it's Friday, December 1st, 2020. Alright, so this was Friday. Um, and uh, like I said, I missed it. Uh, I did the startup show yesterday, and then I missed it because I was doing some show prep, and then I blame Franks. 23, the 1045th Day of Dystopia. Yeah. I'm your moderator, Chris. Dystopia is one of his favorite words. Um, I, I mean, he's, like I said, he was one that, um, that was definitely one of his favorite words. Uh, there was a widespread trucking strike in this country. The military and rail would move cargo and the industry would be forever changed. Not for the better. Yeah, you would, it wouldn't even be the military and rail. Um, they would legitimately come in and instruct you, uh, go ahead, you're part of Defense Production Act, either you move the stuff or we'll take your, we'll take, you know, they could technically probably take your businesses and say, we'll move it ourselves. Uh, you don't want to do this, not a problem. I mean, you guys do remember the air traffic control strike uh, that Reagan basically said, well, you, you guys going to go on strike? Yeah, well, then I'm going to go ahead and um, you'll never be an air traffic control patrolman ever again, ever. Never. You sure you're going to go on strike? We sure are. And he did it. Um, and he basically pulled all of their, their air traffic controlman licenses. Uh, and they can never be an air traffic controlman again. Paul, let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator. Now, I am legitimately, I mean, to me, I'm, I, I almost got to the point. I think I'm going to, Chris, if you're listening, God, I hope you're listening. And if, if you're, Chris, if you're not listening and somebody is listening, please send this to Chris uh, because I think I'm going to become, I'll pay your $50 a year uh, because I, not because I want to hear you, not because I feel you deserve it, because I feel that you need it. Um, if this is the, the range of your intelligence, I feel you need it. Huh. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't... You like Almost like, you know, if I saw, like, you know, a bum and, and he's just out there and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's Christmas time. Here you go, buddy. Here's 50 bucks. Um, there you go. It's good. I, you know, I'm good. So, you know, you're good. Here you go. Simply don't want to. Continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So I want to spend a little time on the Ron DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate moderated. By now, I'm going to catch him before he starts talking about that because I that debate didn't really concern me much. Um, at this point, it, it wasn't so. I Sean Hannity last night and talk about that as an illustration of what is wrong with the political conversation in our country, because I think it was absolutely perfect for that. And before we get into that, I want to discuss something that I notice consistently as a form of argumentation online that I think will also apply to that discussion. Now, this is for me. This was, you know, one of the people he's definitely sending this to. It's the near constant refrain from 
people accused of supporting communism that you need to define communism. Now, my response is always, define it however you like, communist, and I will prove that you are one, and that is quite effective. Okay, so he calls somebody a communist, and then, like me, I'm a, you're a communist. So my first response is, well, can you define communist? Like, if, tell me, you're, you're the one calling me a communist. So tell me, define communist, like... Give me your stance on that so I can either defend myself or, or agree with you or, or whatever it is. But you can't just yell the word communist and then say, I say, well, define communist. And you're like, well, you defend it however you want, and I'll tell you why you are one. What am I, a fucking witch in, in, in Salem? Listen, witch. Well, define witch. You define it, and I'm still going to burn you at the stake. Okay. Uh, no, that's not how we do things. We don't just say, you're this, and then when I say, well, well, what is that? What do you mean by that? You say, you figure it out, and then I'll tell you why you are one. What? No, no. No, no, that's not how we do that. We're not burning me at the stake. We're not, we're not just calling me, well, you're a racist. Well, can you define racism and why I'm a racist? Well, you define racist, and I'll tell you why you are one. Are you a fucking child? What, what, are you a child? No, you're a communist. Okay, can you define communist? Yes. Let me explain what, why you did this. But it's like, are, are you retarded? Will basically never define it. They will pretty much always just go crazy. And you have to wonder why they won't define it. I'm giving the opportunity. Wait a minute. So then he says, so when you say something like, you're a communist, and I say, well, can you define communism? It's, you know, or can you define communist? That way I can figure out my stance and why you think that. You say, no, you define communist, and I'll tell you why you are one. And then when I say, uh, that's not how this works, how, how, can I, how can I defend a position or debate a, a, a position when I don't even know what the position is? Like, you're legitimately not even instructing me of the position in which you're holding. You're throwing out a word. Actually, you're throwing out a sound. You're throwing out a sound. Communist. That's, that's a sound. Okay? That's, a, that's a, a series of sounds that we make with our mouth to produce a word. Okay? So you're throwing that out. I'm asking you what that is. I'm asking, well, what can you define that for me? And you says, no, you define it. Define what? And, and I'm going to talk about this. This is how bad society is. This is how stupid society is. This is why I, I, it's very difficult for me to go out in society, interact with society. To them, for them right, to use this up. whatever definition they right. so apply to that discussion. Okay. And it's the near constant refrain from people accused of supporting communism mm -hmm. that you need to define communism. Okay. Now, my response is always, define it however you like, communist, and I will prove that you are one. And that is quite effective. They will basically never define it. They will pretty much always just go crazy. Challenge accepted, motherfucker. Let's go. I'll, I will even take this debate on, Chris. If you are basically telling me that you want me to define it for you and, and also still beat you in a debate, Challenge accepted, Chris. 
Chris, if you're in here, I've accepted your challenge. Let's go, motherfucker. And you have to wonder why they won't define it. Okay. I'm giving the opportunity to them for them to use whatever definition they want of this word that they say is in dispute. They're trying to point out mm-hmm. that they and I probably have some sort of difference in how we define communism. We will. We absolutely will. I'll explain. But they want me to present my definition first. Yes. They- we want you to present your definition first because you called me a communist. You called me a communist. So if you're going to call me a communist, then I'm going to say, okay, well, give me your definition of communist so I know I know where to proceed with this. I know how to, you know, what stance I need to take and how to debate this and how to go back and forth. We have to agree on the term communist for us to be able to have a conversation or debate communism. I know it's difficult for you to understand, Chris. I know that's a, a very difficult process, but if you can't define terms and know where each of you stand in regards to this, you can't have conversations or debate things. Don't think it's fair that they're being labeled a communist or that one of their ideas is being labeled communist. And so their defense, rather than arguing that the idea itself isn't communist or why I might say that the idea is communist, they will say, define communism. Okay, it's not, it's not that I'm taking offense to it. You called, listen. You called me something. You called me a racist. You didn't. I'm just saying. Okay. Explain. It's like, it, 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 I, I don't know what school you went to. I don't want to know what education you went to. But when, some, when somebody comes and says, okay, what's your opinion? Well, my opinion is he was a communist. Okay, can you explain that? Can you define that? Can you give examples of that? It, it, one, of the, one of the reasons that makes us a, a civil society with the ability to grow and, and progress in, in life is our ability to be able to defend our stances and our statements and our comments and have legitimate discussions in regards to this. It's not that I'm taking offense. It's that you called me something that I don't know what stance, why you would call me that. So I'm asking for any, I'm asking for a type of, you know, give me your example. Give me your explanation for that. Uh, give me your reference for that. So I know why you think I'm a communist. And when I return the opportunity to them and say, define it however you like, I'll prove you are one. They don't want to define it at that point. So, you know, I can define it. I can define it at that point. But my issue is that you called me in. I can say a communist is somebody that's led by a dictator. That they feel that the dictator is the only person that has the say in the, in the controlling of their life. Is that me? Well, no. Right? No. I mean, I, I, that's, so if that's that, what if that's my definition of it? where I don't believe Trump is, should come in and be our savior. I believe at this point they want a dictator and they want Trump to come in and, 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 and I'm going to prove it because I'm going to pull his tweets that he wants Trump to come in and fix the NFL. He wants Trump to come in and fix private businesses. He wants Trump to come in and do this. Well, that would be a dictator. That would be a communist manifesto. That would be a communist um, ideology, right? So if that's my statement, are you still calling me a communist? Because I don't believe that. I don't want that. I want free elections, 
right? I want the ability to vote for whoever I want to vote for, right? I want the ability to vote right. I want the ability to vote left. I want someone else to have those. But it's not my job to tell you how to vote. Now, it could be my, not, not my job, but it could be for me to come and say, well, let's discuss this. Let's have a debate about this. Let's go back and forth about this. But hey, how's it going there, book girl? I don't, I don't understand how it's, you call me something, I ask you for a definition, and you say define it any way you want, but it gets worse. It gets so much worse. Listen to this. Why not? Well, they want me to set out my terms. No, I don't want you to set out your terms. I want you to establish your position on why you made that statement. Okay? Why did you make that statement? Why did you call me this? What made you feel that I fell into that category? What made you feel I fell into that category? Not what made I feel. Not why I feel I fell into that category. Because I didn't say, hey, I'm a communist. I'm not, right? You made that statement. So that they can argue about my terms. No, I'm not looking to argue about your terms. I'm looking to defend my position based on why you believe that you, that that statement was true about me. I got to be able to defend my position. I can come up with things all day long that you would say, okay, well, yeah, that's not what I meant. Okay, well, yeah, that's not what I meant either. Yeah, that's not what I meant either. Well, then where the, what the fuck did you mean? So we can cut this short, dummy. That is already a diversion from the immediate issue. No, it's not a diversion. The immediate issue is you called me a communist. I asked for your definition of communist so I could understand your position. This is how fucking debates work. This is how conversations work. You then said, define it any way you want, and I'll, and I'll tell you why you're a communist. Hence, Salem witch trials. Right? And what is that diversion intended to do? That, that diversion is intended to respond to something that you called me and defend my position. I now can def I now would defend my position. It's intended to give them an opportunity to say that you are wrong about some aspect of your definition, and so you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to communism. Maybe, or it might be you are wrong in regards to your to your statement about me. You personally called me a communist. I said, can you define communist? Communist. I didn't say communism. I said, can you define communist? So I knew why he felt, what actions I had. That, and my only actions are, I, I, don't, I, I don't support MAGA, because I don't even know what the hell MAGA is. And therefore, they are not communists. Now that is totally irrational. It's not irrational. It's irrational for you to say, you define it. Define what? Define your opinion of me? How in the fuck am I going to define your opinion of me? It's your opinion of me. Because until you can tell me why you're saying that, or what, what you're backing that up with, how in the hell am I going to defend? How am I? It's an opinion. Now, well, you're a communist. Okay, why a communist? Well, you believe in, you know, this communist thing, and this communist thing, and this communist thing, and this communist thing. Okay, then my answer would be yes. If that's what the definition of communist is, and I believe that, which I didn't, then yes, okay, at least I now understand, and now from there I can say, okay, now we both have a stance, now we both have an understanding, from this point on we can have a discussion. We can have a discussion. 
But it, now I was being polite before. I'm not being polite now, and that's that's this is a little different, right? Okay. A dictator is not a is not communism. No, but there an aspect of communism is having a dictator. Right? You have a dictator in communism. So my point wasn't, see, we're right there. My point wasn't, my point was he wanted me to define it. So I could say having a dictator is communism, right? Because communism have dictators. Communist countries have dictators. They don't have voted in presidents, right? Mao was a dictator. That was communism. So my point wasn't that the, that's what communism was. My point was, is he wanted me to define it. So what if I said that? What if I said, well, you have to have a dictator? And he's gonna and his statement would have been, well, that's not what I meant. You see what I'm saying? So it had nothing to do with do I believe that communism only has dictators? It's not. My point was I could have said that at that point, and we would have been nowhere because he that's not what he meant. Well, that's not what I meant. That's that's not the part I meant. It was that argument. How can I possibly tell him? How could, if he's going to call me a communist, how could I possibly know without asking him what, what's his definition of communism, what makes me a communist, how could I possibly know what his point was? Now, just like I said, I could give him multiple things that he would say, yeah, well, no, no, that's not it either. Yeah, that's not it either. Well, dude, this is why I asked in the beginning, define communist. Is a fairly effective move in an argument if the person's not prepared for it and they get put on the defensive after being asked to define a word. Yes, because, uh, yeah, what? What? 438, 438. We're going to back this up a second. I, you need to hear this. I swear to God, if, if this is our now our society of our, our levels of intelligence, we are fucking doomed. A fairly effective move in an argument if the person's not prepared for it and they get put on the defensive after being asked to define a word. And of course, yes, if you call someone a communist and then I say define it and you're not prepared to define it or, or explain it or uh, tell me why you're calling me a communist. So now you're on the defensive. Yes, that's extremely easy to win that debate. You called me a communist. Well, can you define communist? Can you tell me why I'm a communist? Well, you define it, and I'll tell you why you are one. I swear to God, I'm not a teacher, but that, that student will get an F. F! F! Come back to me when you can... Well, you're a racist. Well, can you define racist and, uh, racist and tell me why I'm a racist? Well, you define it, and I'll tell you why you are one. F! F! Hey. Yes! If you call someone something and you're going to use a word in the English language, you should be able to give some type of definition after calling someone that. Some type of explanation on why you've used that terminology. If you can't, then maybe you shouldn't have said that to him. These communists know that there are probably 20 different definitions of what communism is. Yes! Yes, there are lots of different definitions and different opinions and different theories and different thoughts. That's why I needed you to tell me what your definition was and what you felt it was. So that I can either defend myself or even might agree with you. I don't know. 
I have no idea. But now I'm supposed to be a fucking mind reader. Communists love to redefine their words. This right here. Communists love to redefine their words. I want you to listen to this and how bad this is. I swear to God, look, I'm not the best when it comes to typing and stuff like that, but I, look, I read well silently, and I'm obviously a decent, a decent communicator. Uh, when it comes to reading out loud and writing, I have, I have, you know, an issue with that and spelling it, and it's a learning disability, but I've learned to overcome it through my verbal communication. So that wherever they are is the right place, and they want to stick to certain textbook definitions of certain words, like, for instance, the one where fascism is defined as a right-wing ideology, therefore fascism is right-wing. It makes no sense. It's tautological, but they don't care. That's what a book says or a link says or a source says, and there certainly are books and links and sources that say that. It is actually a common understanding among people of a certain education that those definitions are correct. All good. Okay. Now, this is where he confuses me. And I, I'm not sure. Again, it's almost one of those things that I think I'm having some type of epilepsy seizure or something. Because it is a point that it's like there's no way you could be this dumb. There's no way you could be this dumb. Okay. So his discussion is, is the word fascist. And some people can say that fascist is extreme right. And there are textbooks. There is text, meaning probably links and stuff like that, where you can go online. There is, dic you know, Webster's Dictionary, and and there, and it's even every. All of us have agreed that the word fascist, right? Like the word snow. Like I did this. Let me drop this, right? I call. I dropped this on my community page, right? And this is now privileged humidity. Privileged humidity. Okay, it's no longer snow, it's privileged humidity. Okay, so his thought process is just because the textbooks say this word means something, just because the Webster Dictionary says this word means something, just because we all agree that this word means something, that doesn't count. That doesn't matter. That's not important. That's how languages work, stupid. How languages work is we produce sounds with our mouth. Snow. Snow. When I say that and I say that I speak English, I say the word snow. That's just a sound. But we've all come to agree that the word, that the sound of this, snow, is what we're looking at. The white stuff that falls from the sky in wintertime when it's cold. That's how languages work. We have textbooks for it. We have dictionaries for it. We have legitimate, we have all come to agree that this word means this, and we have definitions for it. That's how we can all understand English language. Now, there's a word in Korean. Niga. Niga. Now, you were to say something like that in English language, it means something else. But in Korean, niga means you. As for you or you. Okay? Now, in our language, there's something different. Their language, it means you. It's just a sound. It's just a sound. Right? 
There are sounds that my wife make because she speaks Korean that I'm like, I got no idea what you're saying. But those are words. And that's because all Koreans have decided that the following sounds produced in a specific order form words. Those words have definitions, and these definitions are, are, are in textbooks and dictionaries. And we've all come to agree that that is a word. So that becomes extremely important. It becomes extremely important. And if you, Chris, can't understand the importance of that, I will ask you something. It's the same topic that you have a problem when I say, that when you call me a communist. And I say, well, can you define communist? Well, we have the same problem with the word woman now. Woman. And somebody says, can you define woman? Right? Now, I know, I know for a fact Chris would jump all over that. He would jump all over that. If, he were, if, if, if somebody were to say, well, I'm a woman. Right? And he, or he would say, well, you're a woman. And he would say, well, can you define woman? Well, yeah, because I know that definition. So you, you have a problem when I ask about communist. Can you define communist? Because you don't know the answer. Because you're not smart enough to know. And you're just throwing it out there with absolutely no brain cells to back it up. But when you do the same thing with the word woman, it's a completely different story. It's a completely different story. Right? So I find it extremely difficult to, to and, and dude, this gets, this gets, now he gets me later on. He's, I, I can't debate him on it. I can't, he's got me on it 100%. Um, he gives, he brings facts and evidence, um, but we're going to have to wait for that. They're not correct. It doesn't matter how many people believe them. Yes, it actually does. When you have it in textbooks and you have it in dictionary and you and everybody believes that the word snow is snow, I'm just using this as an example, it becomes correct. It becomes correct. And they don't want to talk about the underlying concepts because they don't understand. Hang on, because I'll drop my the, all the phone numbers on the screen. Actually, I didn't turn that on because I was late because of Frank's. I'm going to keep saying that. Let me uh, reload this here. Oh, do this. Let me click on this. All right. And let me turn on this. And let me click on this. All right. That's on. The underlying concepts, which is why they want to focus on the definition. They want you to define your term so that they can tell you they've found a definition that says you're wrong. And now that you're wrong, you're disqualified from talking about the subject. No, I want you to state your position so I understand what your position is so that I could, you know, basically either debate my side or show you take my stance. You've taken a stance by calling me a communist. That's your stance. And then when I say, okay, well, I'd like to take my stance. So can you go ahead and define that? Um, and your your statement becomes, well, you define it, and I'll tell you you are one. Dummies, dummies. Hang on, where's my dummy button? Oh, there it is. All these dummies. All these dummies. All right.
It is a semantic diversion. And it's not a semantic diversion. Stop using big words that you don't understand. Stop talking with these big words that you obviously don't understand what they mean either. Nothing else. It's also one that allows them to engage in a stereotype that they have totally embodied, which is... This is the best right here. This is where he's got me. He's got me. Being on the left is the intellectual position, and they support that with statistics. Yeah, they support that with, like, facts and shit and numbers and statistics. The fuck are these guys? Dummies. Like, most college graduates vote for the left. No, most college graduates vote for the left because, to be honest, a lot of them are, you know, that's what they're learning, that's what they're understanding, that's what they're wanting, and, and they're experiencing that with, you know, college and stuff like that. Now, if they continue to grow older and still vote that way, well, that's, it's, that's their choice, right? But uh, most of them, when they're younger, they're living in a, when you're a kid, nine times out of ten, you're living in a left society called the house or the home, okay? Uh, there, our, my house growing up was in no form a republic or a democracy, not going to happen. We had a dictatorship. You did what dad says, or you were doomed. Uh, you were doomed. Let's just put it like that way. Right. You didn't come home at 1101. You came home at 11 o'clock. Uh, you didn't take the car without him knowing you didn't do these things. Like you, so that you, when you're growing up, you're not growing up where the kids, well, if you have four kids, you, the kids can vote against what the parents want. Well, we have all, we're all voted that we should be able to go to McDonald's. <laughs> Vito, you ain't going to McDonald's. You're not going, all right? So this is stuff that obviously when you're, when you're living under your father's roof, you're living with your parents, uh, this is welcome to, you know, socialist slash uh, communism, basically, right? And that, it, welcome, that's parenthood. Parenthood is being responsible for the people that... Um, that are your kids. And I'm, that's so a lot of times when they're still in that college and they're still experiencing that, well, yeah, they're going to vote for these things because they're living in that. Right? You're a kid, you're 18, you're 17, you're 16, you're 15 years old. Your vote don't matter. You can give an opinion, but if, you're, if your opinion is like, I should be able to stay out till two o'clock in the morning, that vote ain't going to go. To them, college means education. College is education. I am so sick of people saying college is not education. College is 100% education. It might not be knowledge. It might not be experience, but it is definitely education. I do not want a doctor operating on me who never went to college or medical school. I don't want a lawyer representing me who never went to law school. I don't want people who um, do certain specific jobs who never got educated at some type of advanced educational level to do some jobs, right? You just you just don't. So you go to college to gain a little bit more education than somebody who might not have that same level. Like if I went to college for logistics and somebody just left high school and got a job at TQL, well, I'm going to be more educated in regards to edu uh, logistics than the person that went from high school to work at a customer service job at TQL, right? So now it might, it might be my, I just left college. So there's going to be somebody who's been a broker or a freight or industry or in the trucking industry for 20 years who has experience and knowledge, but I have education. So I'm a step up above the person that just left high school 
if I'm going to, if we're both competing for the same job, right? We're both 20 years old. He took, he went to high school and then he went and worked at McDonald's. I went uh, from high school and I went into college for logistics and we're both now applying for a job at um, a logistics brokerage or a logistics analysis, right? I have a step up on that person because I went to furthering my education and I, I gained education. Now, what the employer hopes for is that, that that education will be continual and I will gain both knowledge and experience on top of my education that I achieved from college. Now, you don't have to go to college, but it's going to give you a step up, right? Like if I'm going to hire somebody, I'm going to probably take somebody that had possibly two years college, four years college in the field in which I'm looking to hire them than some high school that just went from high school to you know, McDonald's and because they have continuing education, I don't have to work as hard to teach this person. I don't have to spend as much money to get this person to where I need them to be. They're going to understand TMS. They're going to understand supply and demand. They're going to understand, you hope, you hope um, that they're going to understand things because they went to this college level. If you have a college degree, you are quote unquote educated, which makes you smarter than people. Yes. If I have a if, if I have an education in something, I am smarter than somebody who has not taken that same education. Now, it doesn't measure IQ. It doesn't measure the aptitude of somebody to be able to learn that. It just says that I already know how to do something that somebody else might not. Who did not go to college. Now, in reality, and I say this as a person who went to college. Now, you, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. You you completely changed my mind in regards to college because he's about to say amazingly, he's about to say that he went to college, he went to a good college, and he did good in college, and yet I would admit he is dumb. So he's got me on this one. I would have to fold on this debate. I would basically forfeit this debate. He's about to say that, look, if you go to college, you would say that you're smarter. And here he is right now basically saying, look, I went to, sm I went to college and look how dumb I am. You win and did really well at a really good college, once you realize that it doesn't take a particularly smart person to get a college degree, and a college degree does not guarantee that you are educated in any meaningful sense. Hence, Chris Paul. Obviously, he is 100% right. Because if he went to a good college, like he said he did, and he did good in college, like he said he did, and, he, and yet he's still this dumb, He's got me. He's got me. Once you understand that it is just a prolonged indoctrination from your childhood teaching, well, then it doesn't look so admirable and impressive that all of the college graduates are voting for the left. Okay. So I, I don't think he knew that what he was just going to say was going to make him look like an idiot. Um, I, I, I think he, he didn't think about it. Hence the, him being a dummy. So basically what he just said was, look, not all college does this. Um, look at me, I'm dumb. And, uh, there you go. All right. So let me pull up. This is hiding behind some of my line here. All right. Uh, smoke since you and Michelle best are having lunch. That'd be awesome. Uh, we have got to get a hold of a history channel or discovery channel or whatever. All right. I have two college degrees. Um, actually, 
Hey, uh, did they ever settle which dimension they're having lunch? Oh, yeah, that's good, too. That. All right. I have two college degrees and a CDL, uh, and I feel like a certified moron most days. Yeah. And it's a good possibility, but whatever your college degrees you have, you probably have some a better grasp of that knowledge than somebody who never took that course at all. And that's what, you know, college is kind of what you make, out, make of it, right? It's about how hard can you push yourself. You go from a structured learning experience of high school that basically says you will do this, you will do this to, all right, now it's your call. Now it's your decision. Now it's your drive. Now it's up to you to decide how hard you want to push and how much you want to work. So if you go into college basically doing the same thing like you did in high school, it's not going to be very good. But if you can go into college saying, I want to be better than everybody else in this room, and I want to learn more and understand more, and if I have questions, I'm going to seek out my teachers, and I'm going to seek out extra work, and I'm going to seek out you know, everything else, then you can you it, it teaches you to, to be better and strive harder than someone else. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it is expensive. But uh, look, man, it, when I was a kid, we knew college was expensive. If you don't know college is expensive now, like then that's on you because it was expensive back then and it's expensive now. So it's just something you're either going to have to save for or get a scholarship or get loans to basically push yourself past anything else. Like there are colleges that are less money than entering into the business of trucking ownership, right? Trucking ownership could cost you $200,000 for a truck, $50,000 for a trailer, $30,000 for insurance, you know, you could be in, in for $300,000 to enter into the trucking business. You still are going to pay that stuff off. You still are going to have to pay all that to enter into business, right? So you have to look at college as, hey, this is a business that I'm investing my into myself. I'm investing into myself, and this is my first business I'm ever going to enter. And that first business is me as the employee uh, learning how to basically become the employer. I've got to be knowledgeable. I've got to learn. I've got to take this stuff on, and I've got to push this stuff. So for me... Well, it, it, the college in which I took um, was I have to be, you know, I took criminal justice and I went in the Coast Guard and I left Coast Guard, went into trucking. And then, but when I was in the Coast Guard, I also took, you know, business classes and stuff like that because you, we'd sit on watch and you could take online classes, which were free to us uh, because we were active military members. So you, you would take some of that stuff and, and I'm going to sit for four hours watch and I'm going to watch boats come in and out of the harbor. And while I'm, while I'm doing that, I'm going to go ahead and read this and then look up, up, there's a boat, better keep track of that and, and things like that. So it, that's just, that was a huge part of it. So, but the problem was, let's drop this down here now that we see the privileged humidity, privileged humidity, because I am now going to make that a thing. Let us, let us define Find communism. No, I think he called he called me a communist. Well, let's define communist. A person who supports and believes in communism. All right, we go to communism. A political theory derived from Karl Marx, advocating class war and leading to a social leading to a, a social in which I'm sorry and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned and each person works and is paid accordingly to its abilities and needs. All right. So obviously there's multiple different views in regards to communism, right? Yes, college is very expensive these days. Very expensive. And 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 that's you know, but you're investing in yourself. So you have to look at it and say I'm going to invest this much. I got to make sure that I achieve this much or I get this much out of it. And that's also a thing too. 
Uh, communism is a type of government as well as an economic system, a way of creating a shared wealth. In communist systems, individual people do not own land, factories, or machine. Instead, the government or the whole community owns these things. Everyone is supported to is supposed to share and share the wealth that they create. Now, let's go here. Oh, perfect. This was an hour ago. So this is Chris Paul. This is his X page. So some of the stuff that he obviously puts on there is he is now is a dictator is definitely somebody that is more a communist dictator com is more part of a communist country than just a um, republic or, or democratic country. Right. So, like I said, when he asked me to define it myself, if I said, well, let's let's talk. I'll talk about the structure of, of a of a communist country. Can I say, you know, I'm going to say that a dictator is the, is the top person in a communist country. Communist dictators like Mao. uh uh, Stalin and things like that were communist countries and they had dictators. So I would say one that would want a dictator would be a, somebody that would be more likely to be a communist, would be a communist. Right? But some of the stuff that he talks about is the fact that go ahead and get rid of it. I get rid of it. Is that once Trump is clearly, it, once Trump is done clearing out the communist infiltration, from the legitimate uniparty government, he should remove it from professional sports. So this is Chris Paul. This is the one that called me a communist. So he feels that the president should remove communism from professional sports. Well, should the president, should a government interfere in how a business runs if the business isn't doing anything illegal? Right. And what communism is there in the NFL that I'm not I'm not I'm not sure what you see what I'm saying. So it's like, OK, this sounds like somebody who would support a communist dictatorship if he wants Trump to come in and clear out communist infiltration from the legitimate uniparty. So anybody that doesn't support MAGA is the uniparty to him. Right. Again. I'm still looking for someone to explain to me what MAGA is, but anybody that does not support MAGA, anybody that does not vote right, anybody that possibly what might vote left is a communist. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Like, somebody might vote as a Democrat, but that doesn't make them a communist. That just means that the opinions or views or something that they have is is they agree with the stance or the policies of the person that might be a Democrat. And, and this is the problem that I have. At what point do we start kidding, telling everybody you have to vote right? You have to vote Republican. You have to vote mega. And if you don't vote mega, you're the uniparty. You're only you can't be in the middle. You can't be on the left. You can only be mega. And MAG is the only way to go. Does that sound more communist or republic? In my opinion, it sounds more communist, right? If you could only pick one party and you could only choose one thing, you can't be down the middle, you can't be left, you can't be in the middle, you have to be right, you have to be MAGA, or you're the uniparty, well, that's, that's I believe that would be more 
capitalistic. No, I'm sorry, communistic and capitalistic. Um, so I, I, this is kind of some of the stuff that I, we are at a point now where I don't see, I don't see any, I think he's got me muted. Like, I'm not blocked, uh, but I'm muted. So he won't respond to me because it, nothing pops up. Uh, yes, you were just told. Yes, just do what you're told and do and say what you're told to say. Simple. Oh, this is the Palestine. It's, so most of the stuff that he talks about is vote mega. The elections were rigged. If you believe anything else, then you're, you're a communist. I don't know. Chris, you're, you're welcome to debate me. You might never watch this, and there might be none of your people that watch this. But, all right, see, the uniparty right has, has no way of stopping Trump. So they're starting their own party with the uniparty left. I, su I suppose... I suppose they might as well call it uniparty. Yeah. So the problem is, is that at some point, we're going to have to decide. We're going to have to decide on, on a middle, right? Like, we're going to have to come to terms because the government wants you separated. They want you to not have conversations. They want you to not be able to talk to the left. They want you to not be able to believe anything, right? Like, he legitimately believes nothing. Like, you can't tell him. Like, he was even like, oh, I guess, I don't know, who believes these ships were attacked by missiles? Yeah, but they were attacked. They were attacked by missiles. Yeah, that's not, it's all fake. It's not real. Uh, there's no way, you know, Israel wasn't attacked by paragliders. Well, hey, yeah, actually, they were attacked. They were attacked. Well, you mean that the, the missile system, the greatest missile system in the world couldn't shoot down paragliders? Well, no, it's not programmed to shoot down paragliders. You know, if I if I tell you I'm going to attack you, right, and you've got the greatest missile system in the world, I'm not going to come in with jets or rockets. I'm going to come in with something that your system hopefully doesn't pick up. I might use balloons or cardboard drones to drop things, and that's what they did. They, they you don't. It's called a sneak attack. It's nothing new. It's called a sneak attack. You don't attack the way they know how to attack. So, for me, when, when, when somebody is this dumb, when somebody is basically at the point that they feel that this is a conversation, that when they call me a communist and they say, well, you're a communist, and I say, well, can you, can, can you define communist so I know where to, where to stand here? Well, you define it, and I'll tell you you are one. I, I, I don't know how we come back from this no matter what. I legitimately see, was watching something. Maybe I'll play that. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I legitimately see us reaching the point of, of it's, we can't come back from this. There's, there's no way we are, I'm blackpilled. I'm at a point that it doesn't matter. Like, if they think Trump is, is the answer, um, and he's going to fix anything. Well, there are rules and regulations in which he can and can't do, right? There's stuff that he This cannot. video is brought to you by... Hang on. There's stuff that he's legitimately not able to do, and I don't want him to have those powers. All right, let me pull this up here. And um, 
So I looked up draining the swamp, and um, that was a term. No, it's this one right here. I'll drop down. Let me drop this down. Drain the swamp. And drain the swamp. Pull this up. Draining the swamp was a British strategy of population control. Uh, this is from, I think, 2006. So this talks about basically what the British did in regards to draining the swamp was a tactic that was used um, in 1951. Hang on, let me find it right here. In Malena, 1950. Okay, the Briggs, the Briggs plan in 1951. Um, and this was draining the swamp, and it was the Briggs plan. And this was actually used um, during this revolution to basically, well, population. Let me go here and... The process started in Asia, with the British Raj becoming the independent nations of India and Pakistan in 1947. Britain chose to grant India its independence, as after the financial strain of World War II, the country could no longer afford to maintain its presence on a subcontinent to 400 million people. Moreover, Japanese expansion into Southeast Asia highlighted how inadequate Britain was in protecting its Asian colonies. More generally, perceptions of colonial power were fast changing as Gandhi, the leader of the Indian independence movement, was voted Time Magazine's Man of the Year in 1931, while newspapers detailed atrocities committed by the British. The result of this was that anti-colonial movements across the British Empire became inspired to push for their own national independence, as Britain seemed incapable of preventing its imperial decline. One of the most notable anti-colonial rebellions started in 1948, just one year after Indian independence, when Malaya became the focus of an insurgency led by the Malayan Communist Party. So what happened was you had Malaya in 1948, they said. You had the Communist Party in, in some of China that basically was in Malaya, and you had India that was looking for its independence and things like that. So you had this kind of this meeting of, of you know, independence and communist uh, act, things going on um, during this revolt, during this revolution. Headed by Jinping and their Malayan National Liberation Army. The Malayan Emergency, also known as the Anti-British National Liberation War, lasted for 12 years until it ended in 1960. During that period, Malaya became yet another nation that gained independence from the British Empire. I, so the British were, one of the things that they did is they basically conquered everybody and they went over and took over, you know, pretty much as many different countries as they possibly could. So people were saying, look, man, we want you out of here. Out you go. Let's go. And they were basically pushing back against the British. The Malayan emergency was sparked by the severe economic problems of the colony after the Second World War. Prior to the war, Malaya's economy was reliant on the export of tin and rubber. Following the Japanese occupation of Malaya between 1942 and 1945, exports rapidly decreased. Many rubber plantations and tin mines fell into a state of disrepair. So basically, the Japanese also occupied them. Japanese were badasses. They went into a lot of different countries. If you pull up a map on how much stuff they actually did for this little island, they ended up conquering a lot of area outside of their island. So they produced a lot of tin and, and rubber in, in Malaya, and once Japanese started to go in there, and well, it started to deteriorate um, for, you know, the stuff that they were doing. So they ran into basically, you know, hey, a lot of layoffs, a lot of, you know, people wanting to work. 
Therefore, when the Japanese surrendered in 1945, they left behind a country with a devastated economy where unemployment was high and food was scarce. So then you basically, you know, World War II ends and, and, and you know, Japanese is done. Well, they had to get out of there. So now you have a country that was, you know, basically pumping because of, you know, Japanese. Well, the Japanese are out. Now you have no jobs and these guys aren't producing anything. So people are hungry um, and they have no money. Malaya was also ethnically divided. Out of a total population of 5 million, native Malaysians made up 48% and Chinese 37%. So it's split between Chinese and Malaysians. With the remainder being significant groups of Indian minorities. Historically, there had been ethnic tension between the Malaysians and the Chinese, with the former believing that the immigrant Chinese were taking their jobs. So basically believing that the immigrants, Chinese, were coming in and taking over all their jobs. Now, just let me know if this sounds familiar at all. Just, you know, just keep that in mind. As a result, vast Chinese shanty towns sprang up near the cities, but they had very few civil rights and they were not even allowed to vote. So then you had a bunch of different townships popping up that were, you know, Chinese type towns and, and they grouped into their area and, and you had a lot of, you know, divide. The Malayan Communist Party took advantage of this situation to start a rebellion against the British government. At first, they organized strikes across the entire country. The British responded to these strikes with reprisals, including forced deportations of Chinese immigrants, which caused the strike organizers to resort to more militant means of resisting British rule. So they, then they started using strikes to basically say, hey, we're going to go against the British government, we're not going to work, we're going to do strikes and things like that. Well, then it became a little bit more evolved. The emergency began with an incident in the town of Sungai Sipur, where three young Chinese men killed three British rubber plantation managers at the Elfil Estate on June 16, 1948. These were the first shots to be fired in the conflict that was about to erupt. So basically you had three Chinese shoot three, you know, let's say, business owner plant managers, and they shot them. Well, these three shots were basically like, uh-oh, it's on. And, and the reason I bring this up is um, Glenn Beck has just also went down to talk about a whole town in Texas that is becoming extremely uh, bad and almost like this. And, and then you have to think to yourself, OK, is this the plan? Is the plan to basically divide us to have these conversations where we can't even talk to each other and we can't even negotiate with each other and we can't even communicate with each other? Because we don't know how people legitimately don't know how to communicate. So. You have calls and everybody, anybody that's a, that's was law enforcement officer, you have different situations. So domestic calls are always extremely dangerous, right? Domestic calls are always extremely dangerous because you don't know how it's going to go. So when it comes to domestic calls, the, the, a lot of times what breaks down is communication. So when communication breaks down, we resort to, let's say you're, you're, you're with your loved one, your wife, your husband, whatever. And communication breaks down where you can no longer communicate or you can no longer relate uh, your message to the person that they're listening or understanding. Well, eventually what happens is you get into fight or flight because all communication is now broken down and you slowly turn, turn into emotions and it turns into fight or flight. Well, that fight or flight, if you are somebody that is fight, you end up punching your wife out. If you're somebody that's flight, you end up running away or freezing, right? And this is where once you know where the communication is broken down and we're not able to communicate, it turns into this fight or flight, and that's that's not where we want to be. That's a and the reason I bring this up is we, we I just 
We legitimately just had that with Chris Paul. He's at a point now where he can't conversate. He can't have a conversation. He can't have a debate. He can't have a discussion. He can only say what he wants to say. And if you even try to have a discussion with him, he, he, he can't do it. Response to the incident, British High Commissioner Sir Edward Gent declared a state of emergency across the entire Federation of Malaya. A state of emergency banned the Malayan Communist Party and gave police the powers to detain suspected Communist Party members. So now the police have just basically the authority to detain suspected communists. Are you a communist? Well, no. What, what do you mean? Define communist. I, I don't know. You define communist and I, I will tell you you are one. So if the police think you're a communist, they get to detain you. And let's just say the detaining was not the way you wanted to be detained. Or those with left-wing sympathies. Or even if you had left-wing sympathies. So even if one of your thought processes, well, you look, me, I'm not, I'm not for open borders, obviously, but I'm not for completely closing the borders and not letting anybody come in. But we have to vet these people. Ah, oh, that's left wing, and I, that you're, you're a communist, and we should detain. Is that where we're going with this, Chris? As a result, Malayan communists had no other option but to retreat into the jungle, where they formed the Malayan National Liberation Army. So basically what they did is they said, well, if you're going to call me a communist and if you're going to call me and say that I'm this, I'm going to go ahead and, and run into the into the jungle and I'm going to two arms, two arms. And next thing you know, we've, we, it's on. It's on. Let's do it. Because if you're going to if I ask you what something is, well, are you uh, you're a communist? Well, can you define communist? Well, you, you tell me what the definition is and I'll tell you how you're a communist. OK. Also known as the MNLA. However, even though the communists proclaimed the national liberation of Malaya as their goal, most Malayans were not really interested in their cause. The Malayan National Liberation Army was formed on the basis of the communist guerrilla organization known as the Malayan People's Anti-Japanese Army. This group. So they were basically look. They were guerrilla type warriors, which means they, you know. They'd lie in wait, they'd surprise attack you, and they were based on you know, dealing with Japanese also coming in there. ...had operated during the final stages of World War II and was largely made up of Chinese immigrants who had faced severe discrimination under Japanese rule. During Now remember, the Japanese were brutal. They were legitimately brutal. Uh, there's a, a story called The Taking of Nanking, The Taking of Nanking, uh, where they basically went in and killed everybody, boiled children, uh, had their way with women, um, and just literally, brutally wrecked this whole town. Um, they, they used to say that one Japanese soldier was worth ten Chinese. Uh, because they would make shock and awe. They would do what they, you know, what it, look, they took 2 million sex slaves. The Japanese took 2 million sex slaves, right? You fought back, they cut your legs off. You ain't fighting back now, woman. You know what I mean? And they still got their way with you. So the Chinese, Japanese were brutal when it came to this type of stuff. World War II, these communist soldiers were Britain's allies and were therefore provided with arms and equipment, which they turned against the British during the Malayan emergency. After the war, most of the weapons had been buried, only to be dug up when the emergency started in 1948. These weapons, mostly of British and Japanese origin, were in a very poor condition due to the... So what they did was they buried a bunch of weapons in there, hoping that, hey, if this ever happens, we'll be able to find these weapons. Problem is, is that, you know, you're dealing with jungle and dirt and things like that, and the weapons basically were seized and junk. Not seized and taken, as in they wouldn't fire. Damp and humid jungle conditions, and the lack of any maintenance facilities. 
1948, the strength of the MNLA was around 5,000 men. This number eventually increased to around 8,000, with almost 90% of the soldiers being Chinese. Most of Malaya's Chinese shanty towns were located on the edges of jungles, which made... Now remember, you had about 5 million people, but you only had about 8,000 soldiers. ...them easy to access for the MNLA. Moreover, the Chinese facing severe ethnic discrimination were more dissatisfied with British rule than the Malaysians were. As a result of the ethnic tensions between the Chinese and Malaysians, very few Malaysians supported the uprising or joined the MNLA. Besides its armed forces, the communists organized the People's Movement, or the Min Yuan. This force of 60,000 civilians was tasked with supporting the MNLA by supplying food, shelter, finance. So then you have people basically supporting with giving them food and shelter and things like that. Hang on. Hey, I'm getting to a point. Hang on. Intelligence. They had no uniforms and very few weapons, but did have part-time armed units and assassination squads. The men of the MNLA were trained in jungle guerrilla warfare and had a lot of experience from fighting the Japanese. Aware of their limited resources and strength, the communists devised their own plan of action. In its first phase, they began with action against isolated estates, mines, and government buildings in small towns across the entire country. Obviously, there wasn't that many of them, so their thought process was the same as the um, Korean freedom fighters that fought against the Japan. Like, they didn't have to seek out, they only had to hit specific targets. So they'd hit specific people, or they'd hit specific, specific targets. Uh, to do as much damage with as, you know, little amount of bullets as they could deal, you know, could what? It'd be easy to take out an individual, a specific person um, of importance rather than try to go after, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people. The second phase led to the formation of liberated areas, which would serve to supply food and act as training bases for new recruits. Finally, the third phase included taking the fight from the liberated areas to the towns and cities, and ultimately, to the open battlefield. When the emergency started, the British only had three army battalions, six Gurkha battalions, and two battalions of the Royal Malay Regiment. These forces were not sufficient to fight against the communist insurgents, so reinforcements had to be brought in from the Commonwealth. The first soldiers that arrived in Malaya were conscripts of the British National Service. But as the emergency... So basically what happened was they said, look, we're going to start bringing in different soldiers. And it's a good possibility of something that would possibly happen here, right? You could have, five, let's say, a million people or 5,000 people or 50,000 people or 60,000 people that could basically turn if come this, you know, pick your politician day. That could basically end up going rogue, right? Well... The, the issue is going to be that it's very good possibility to go after those 50,000 people or 100,000 people or whatever that the U.S. could basically not institute a martial law where um, U.S. troops are looking for them, but it could be that um, they could bring in NATO troops, right? Somebody that doesn't basically have the same, it's not American versus American. Uh, it could be a NATO troop that comes in and says, hey, we're looking for these, you know, these rogue individuals, these militias and these things like that, right? Developed troops from New Zealand, Australia, South Rhodesia, Fiji, Nyasaland, North Rhodesia, and Kenya were all brought to Malaya. Those are all soldiers from all these different locations that were all brought to Malaya to basically help. All different, different a bunch of different countries. Why? Because they didn't, they're not going to have the same... Um, problems basically you know taking into custody or firing against because they're not from this country 
Seven battalions were also added to the Royal Malay Regiment, making the security forces around 40,000 men strong. The Malayan police force was even larger. This unit was formed by the police commissioner of Malaya, Colonel Gray, in 1948. The Malaya police recruited local men for service as special constables and in the Home Guard. In 1953, both of these forces had around 290,000 servicemen. The primary role was to guard villages, farms, industrial facilities, and government buildings from any communist attacks. However, they also had special jungle squads which took part in offensive actions against the insurgents. When the communists began their campaign of terrorist attacks against British targets, the British reduced their activities to protecting key industrial complexes, such as the country's tin mines and rubber plantations, as well as government buildings. This was done mainly because of limited military resources. During this period, the MNLA was able to perform up to 500 actions per month, mostly against British farmers, miners, and police stations. In April 1950, Lieutenant General Sir Harold Briggs was appointed as Director of Operations. Alright, so this is the Briggs plan. This is the Briggs plan. This is a little bit, this is interesting. In Malaya. In this role, Briggs had the authority to coordinate police operations on behalf of the High Commissioner of Malaya. He also decided to change the British tactics, which had been based on defending key infrastructure, to a more offensive strategy. The first part of Briggs' plan was to disrupt Min Yuan, which would cut the communists off from their food supplies, finances, and intelligence. Alright, so the first thing they do is cut you off from your food supply, your intelligence, uh, so let's say your banking, being able to buy food, things like that, right? That was the first thing. Um, Contrary Phoenix became patriots when the foundation... So, the term patriot, the term patriot, let me talk about this, CB. And if you'd like to come on, I dropped the link, and I've also put the phone number in there. And the phone number is 856-600-4654. So, the term patriot was actually started to use... Obviously, we know patriots was used from the founding fathers. But one of the main push from the term patriot... Uh, was actually used during George Wallace. And I talked about this on a show in regards to George Wallace and the um, Turner Diaries. And the Turner Diaries and actual, I mean, we're talking extreme racist uh, white supremacist groups. Okay? Not saying that they are, but it was it, a lot of that terminology, and I did a show on it, and I'll probably repost the show was based on that, the Turner Diaries, in regards to the Patriots, which was actually formed by the, originally by the Communist Party and George Wallace, who was um, a racist, that eventually, when George Wallace stopped running after he was shot, um, that they broke off and they broke away from him and formed their own groups, uh, very racist groups, very white supremacist groups. And a part of the Turner Diaries was where um, the Oklahoma City bombing was, which was uh, Timothy McVeigh. So Timothy McVeigh, th they called themselves the Patriots. They had a, you know, they had um, all types of literature that they were putting out there. Um, and so the problem with the term Patriot is that was actually used by the groups that broke away from Wallace when Wallace stopped, decided he wasn't going to run um, after he was shot. He was he was running for president at the time. So that term there is why they call Patriots white supremacists, because they're using the George Wallace era and the Turner Diaries era and the, um, the Waco uh, era 
because they were calling themselves Patriots back then. And that was actually formed by, and I did a whole video on it with old newspaper clippings and everything. This was done by relocating more than 400,000 Chinese squatters from areas on the edge of the jungle to new purpose-built villages. So what they did was they basically took all of the Chinese that they could basically find that were squatting or, or hiding in the woods and stuff like that, and they took them to concentration camp type things, right? FEMA camp type things. Um, and they placed them there where they can be seen where they were, were and, and everything else so that they could keep them in, in line and things like that. These villages were surrounded by barbed wire. They're whole villages surrounded by barbed wire. Lit by floodlights and guarded by a strong police presence in order to prevent the communists from approaching them. This resettlement program also disrupted the recruiting practices of the MNLA. The second aspect of Briggs's plan was to coordinate the army, the Malayan police, and civil authorities through a committee system. These representatives sat on the Federal War Committee and the State and District War Executive Committee, which allowed for more decisive action to be taken against the communist guerrillas. Finally, Briggs planned to militarily engage the MNLA in order to push the communists deeper into the jungle. However, the problem was that the British in Malaya still had insufficient forces to completely prevent the communists from attacking their targets. This was a particular problem in the southern region of Johor, where the communists were at their strongest. The communist threat was still strong by 1951, when on October 6, the MNLA assassinated the High Commissioner Sir Henry Gurney. The convoy that he was traveling in, which included his Rolls-Royce Silver... Now remember, he's rolling around in a Rolls-Royce, so there's no way you don't know that that dude isn't somebody. Wraith with a ferret armored scout car, an open-back Land Rover with six Malayan policemen in it, and a police wireless van were ambushed by a group of 38 Malayan Communist Party guerrillas who opened fire with three Bren guns, Sten guns, and rifles. His car and the Land Rover came to a halt as they were riddled with bullets, their tires were shredded, and Gurney and five policemen were wounded. His wife and private secretary were cowering in the footwell of their car. So, to draw the insurgents' fire away from them, he got out and staggered towards their attacker, shouting, This is the King's Highway. But they fired at him anyway and killed him. The armored car managed to escape and brought back reinforcements to the scene. Jinping later announced that it was just a routine ambush. Just routine, we had no idea. And that they were unaware that the High Commissioner was involved. Oops. In January 1952, General Gerald Templer was appointed as the new High Commissioner by the newly elected British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who was dismayed to find that Britain was spending £56 million per year trying to cope with the crisis. With 56 million pounds, spending a lot of money trying to deal with this. The conflicts appearing to be a stalemate, Templar applied the policy of hearts and minds with the goal of gaining popular support amongst the local population in fighting the insurgents. Hearts and minds, so they then, they then um, institute hearts and minds, win the hearts and minds of people. The Malaysians were eager to side with the British to fight the Chinese-dominated MNLA, especially because they were promised independence after the communists were defeated. Templar began to ease tensions with the Chinese community in the new resettlement villages by introducing a program to build schools, medical clinics, and sewer systems. Templar also facilitated the arrival of reinforcements from other Commonwealth countries. And now. So one of the plan one of the plans that they were called it was basically like I said it was called drain the swamp 
uh, drain the swamp was what they basically started to do. They started to go in there, get rid of the communists, and bring in soldiers and stuff to drain the swamp. Well, when that started the end, they started to do the uh, the new idea was hearts and minds. Uh, the hearts and minds of the of the people we were going to go after. Um, and remember, this was 1951. Uh, that President Barack Obama, uh, this in that they talked about the hearts and minds over here, right? Or back there, back there. President Barack Obama stuck a confrontation tone, a confrontational tone with Republicans as he attended a high high dinner fundraiser Monday. I'm sorry, this is from 2011 uh, night at, on Park Avenue. We are in a battle. A battle for the hearts and minds of Americans. The recruitment of more Malaysians into the police units. In this way, the High Commissioner finally had the strength to defeat the MNLA. Instead of large assaults, Templar concentrated smaller units that were specially trained in jungle warfare in selected areas for up to three months at a time. The plan was for search and destroy patrols to reduce the operational area of insurgents by establishing jungle forts. His strategy also saw the creation of honeypots, where British forces would appear to be off guard and relaxed so as to encourage increased MNLA activity. In so basically they'd create like uh, decoys or they'd use them as bait. A given area before being ambushed and apprehended. Templar's plan proved to be successful, as by 1953 the communists had completely lost the initiative. Less than 3,500 MNLA troops remained in the jungle, and more white or non-communist areas were created across the country. In white areas, the- I didn't mean white areas, he meant privileged, privileged areas! The original state of emergency declaration, of which had been declared in 1948, was lifted. Realizing that they could no longer win the conflict, Jinping, the leader of the Malayan Communist Party, sought peace talks with the British. The negotiations were held on December 28, 1955, in the government-run English school at Baling. The talks broke up, though, as representatives of the Malaya Federation rejected all of the demands set by the Communists, because they were worried that the Communist Party would regain a prominent place in Malayan society. Jinping returned to the jungle and continued to fight, while also instigating other attempts to make peace, which also came to nothing. However, on August 31st, 1957, Malaya became an independent country, and the MNLA lost their reason for existence. By this stage, their strength was only around 1,800 members, concentrated near the border with Thailand. On July 31st, 1960, the Malayan government declared the conflict over, and Jinping fled the country for communist China. The run away! Run away! The emergency cost the lives of six... He went to communist China. ...1,710 communist fighters, with more than 4,000... I'll bet you that's going to be a... Uh... Let's see if that kicks to my cell phone, because the, the, most of these are... Um... Hang on. Too far away. Yeah. Oh. This is. Okay. No, it wasn't what I thought. That was a spam. I thought it was a, 
Uh, extended warranty call. It's not. Others either captured or forced to surrender. The Malayan police lost 1,345 men, while Commonwealth forces lost 519 soldiers. So uh, the basic gist is, is is also is that there's a lot of different divides that 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 you do right, and there's a lot of terminology that I constantly see: drain the swamp, hearts and minds, a lot of statements. And I could just be seeing it, but when you put some of this stuff together in regards to divide, in regards to hey, now you're a communist, just because we say you're a communist. And then you say, well, can you give me a definition of communist? Nope, you make up the definition and we'll tell you how you're a communist. Well, th that's some of the tactics that were used by some pretty bad people to lock up people and to go after people. And that's kind of what they want. They want stupid people. They want dumb people um, like, like Chris Paul to basically not be able to defend their position, not be able to talk, not be able to discuss, not be able to debate and have these conversations. And, and as long as we don't have these conversations um, or are not able to have these conversations with each other, we're going to reach a point that they're going to make these decisions are going to be made for us. And they're not going to be made by us. They're going to be made by the people that we don't want them to make. We're, they're going to be made by people that are going to decide what we want when it's not what we want, right? The government's going to say, well, this is what you're going to do from now on. This is how this is going to happen. I mean, we, there is, and I, I'm, I'm about to sign up. I don't, I'm not signed up for Glenn uh, Beck's show. And I, I mentioned him because there's a lot of times I watch him. And when I watch type of news and information, I weed through the stuff, right? I, do I believe everything that everybody says? Well, no, but it gives me a starting point, like Wikipedia. You know, there's times I use Wikipedia. Do I use Wikipedia for my only source of information? No, but it gives me reference points that I can now copy and paste as reference points into the Google search and then search PDF files, search white papers and, and start to understand them and make up my own mind. But we don't do this anymore. Oh, here's the new GTA thing. Look at that. Auto 6 trailer finally dropped. And like any self-respecting gamers, we've gone over this thing with a fine-tooth comb, uh -huh. and we are reporting back to you with great excitement. Mm -hmm. Hi folks, it's Falcon, and today on Game Ranks, 20 things we spotted in the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. I'm not a Grand Theft Auto guy. I do game, but I wasn't a Grand Theft Auto guy. But I'm gonna have to look at the trailer and see what the trailer is. Um it's Freight Coach. From a single unfit category, um, the current system is confusing and not intuitive. Yeah, uh, that was going on out there. Also, the meanings of unsatisfactory and conditional may be confused with one another. A five-point system with one assigned to conditional and five assigned to unfit out of service may be more understandable. Oh, he's talking about um, all the in, uh, people in between that... the CBSA and Tesla uh, by the TI. Why did that work? That works. He's talking about all the uh, carriers that you have to go a year before you start to get if you're satisfactory and all this other stuff. And he's talking about all those carriers that are out there that have absolutely no ratings that are running freight. Is that a to move? All right, for many years, the TIA has been a strong proponent of a red light, green light system for the use of motor carriers um, that was going on out there. Not providing a safety rating of subcon for carriers is um, for every carrier would continue. There we go. All right. Yeah, so if anybody you guys want to click in, you're welcome to click in if you want. Um, either You can click that. You won't be coming. You, um, you don't come on the screen. I can put you on the screen, uh, but most of the time you don't come on the screen. You're just you're backstage, but I can still hear you. Um, or you guys can dial in. So I did pin the link that should bring you in. And then, of course, I do have the number if you call in, and that's open also. 
I didn't want to do that. Besides that, that's kind of what all the stuff I, I like I said, I had a change of plans, um, watching a little bit what was going on, but I did want to talk, like I said, I did want to talk about that communist thing because I don't know. It, it, at this point, it's like I've given him opportunities. Uh, we've talked about stuff. Let me do a drop screen. Let me turn on my react. Um, I've turned out, you know, I've, I've given him opportunities to talk about debating things and going back and forth with topics. And I think that's what people want to hear sometimes, right? People want to hear debate. They want to hear back and forth. They want to hear different viewpoints because they might not believe my viewpoint, right? And that's fine. I'm good with that if they don't believe my viewpoint. My job is not to force them to listen to my viewpoint. My job is to be able to provide a good enough debate, a logical conversation to convince them of my viewpoint, right? And that's my job. That's what my goal is, is technically that I, I want to try to accomplish. Do I accomplish it every time? Of course not. Do I try? I will. I will try to, to debate that topic or bring my point, you know, view. And I think Book Girl was in here, and that's kind of part of of your ability to learn. I think she's a she's a teacher. Not think she's, I know she's a teacher. Um, but this is some of the conversations that have to be had and, and should be had. But unfortunately, we're not having these conversations, right? And nobody wants to hear this stuff. Nobody wants to talk to this stuff. It's like I, I listen to TC Boggs, um, and I've had discussions with him, and it's like you know, we're who are you talking to? Who, who do you think you're, you're you're speaking with there? TC, and because some of the people that he's obviously, you know, discussing things with, it's just, it's over their heads. And I'm cool with that. And that's like I said, and then people are like, well, you know, everybody listening to you. Well, coach, a lot of times they're not listening to me because unfortunately, sometimes I might be talking over their heads. But with coach, you're not watching him because you're learning, you're, you're looking for his, you know, insight into the many, you know, things of, of trucking. You're looking for the train wreck, right? You're looking for that, that hitting that wall. And that's, that's the other aspect that, you know, I guess if you you if, if he wants to fill that role, he he's welcome to fill that role. Um, but that's usually where I have the problem. Class late orders hit a 14th month high in November. Oh, people are buying trucks probably because they're dirt freaking cheap. They're getting great deals on them, so they're replacing them now. Um, you want to know who's buying them? I wonder who's buying them. Let's go to Drudge. Let's see what's going on. Let's. I know Drudge, uh, Trump was going after Drudge. What's this? Uh, Cheney weighs third party run. All right. He's going to run. That's great. Not a big fan. Uh, but it is what it is. Record U.S. oil production pushing price down. So this is one of the things too, that everybody's talking about um, where they thought, oh, geez, no, thank you. Was oil produ uh, production. And we are actually producing a lot more oil than, than you think. So I was told a long time ago, and I could be wrong, but I didn't really look it up. But when you drill for, because um, I was a reputable guy who did natural gas. When you drill for oil, before you reach oil, you get natural gas on top, right? The gas that is kind of in that pocket, gas is in that pocket before you hit oil. So we're, our main export right now is um, natural gas. So we're obviously drilling for oil because we're also drilling for natural gas. So one of the things that everybody's like, we need to be, you know, we need to be drilling for oil. Well, we are. We are actually drilling for oil. Um, and U.S. record U.S. oil production is pushing prices down. So this is kind of keeping your oil prices down right now as other countries want to push them up. Right. So and again, here's some of the stuff that's being, you know, you know, that's not being said out there. And I'm, am I a Biden supporter? I'm not. I'm not a Biden supporter. I wouldn't have. I, I didn't vote for Biden. But again, I vote policies. 
right? I vote policies. Do I believe we need to pump oil? I do believe we need to pump oil because everybody else is pumping oil. Do I believe we need to also have alternative means of energy? I do, uh, but we have to realize the realistic expectations of those alternative views of, of energy, right? Like electricity ain't going to be it for a good amount of time, but it doesn't mean you stop. That means you put it out there so that new technology comes forward and people throw money at new technology to get better batteries, right? And that's how government does things. Like if the government wants a better battery, they're going to tell you that they want electric cars, which is going to cause private firms and private investment to push very hard for the next best technology for batteries, right? And somebody's going to come up with better battery technology because they know that the U.S. is pushing for an electrical grid, right? So if, if I came to you and said, hey, let's say you made widgets, right? Or you were interested in making widgets. And I said, the government is going to invest $30 billion into widgets next year because they want a widget-powered society. Well, you might throw a bunch of money at trying to make a better widget than somebody else so that you could sell that to the government, right? And that drives ingenuity. That drives private industry uh, because of the possibility of giving a government contract because they want this or they're pushing for these new criterias, right? So that's kind of what, what, one of the ways that governments, U.S. government, influences private uh, industry to invest because of it because of the policies that they're going to try to push forward. Uh, we did the same thing during the last uh, oil crunch in the 1970s. So one of the uh, one of the things that the Nixon administration basically said for policies, they said, look, we need more fuel-efficient cars. I know we're running out there muscle cars and, and eight-cylinders and 350s and things like that, but we need more fuel-efficient cars so we can get fuel prices down and they're running better. Well, that that what do you think Japan was doing? Japan was doing four-cylinder technology and fuel-efficient cars and things like that. So Japan said, well, we'll invest in the United States. We'll make manufacturing over there. We'll invest our technology into the into their country. And next thing you know, we got four-cylinders. And now Ford runs four-cylinders and, and Chevy runs four-cylinders. And it was a lot of that was Japanese investing during the 1970s to push more fuel-efficient vehicles. Uh, okay, let's see what I'm doing here. If there's anything else, FBI, DIA, and federal agencies shroud shooting in. Huh? What happened here? Fine presidents in Congress, the ATF, DEA, and FBI, and U.S. Marshals shroud shooting in secrecy. What shooting? Uh, nearly 30 years of demands of transparency, the DOJ's law enforcement agencies release little data about whom they shoot. Why, when, and where they really wear body cameras? Oh, I guess they're just saying, hey, you guys should be telling us who gets shot and things like that. All right, anybody have any questions? Anybody still here? Probably not. Anybody still here? You guys all leave. Let me sound off. You're still here. Where's my thing? Somebody's still here. It's showing 13 people. Either way, that was pretty much it. Um, like I said, I'm not looking for a ton of views, and that's cool. I'm just looking to have conversations. Um, I got people that I'm waiting to come up. Uh, one's going to be Cam. He'll come in for my show sometimes. Um, you guys are welcome to come up, but either you're driving or you're busy, and that's cool, too. I understand. I'm during the middle of the day, so I can just kind of talk and go on uh, on my own. I do it all the time. Uh, one of the an, an important aspect of being a freight broker, an important skill being a freight broker, is being able to talk to yourself. 
um, because you don't have any friends. So it, that's definitely a criteria that if I were to hire a freight broker, I'd probably say, hey, do you talk to yourself? And if he's like, no, I'd be like, yeah, you're not a freight broker. I need a freight broker that has no friends and only is able to talk to themselves. Well, I, luckily I have my wife. Um, so that's something I definitely can talk. Let's see what else we got going on here. Let's click on this. Oh, that's me live. Let's go home. All right. I think I'm not getting, like I said, I swear, I think I'm going to get a 3D printer. Um, so I've been looking at some 3D printing. I don't know which printer I want to get, but I'm interested in a 3D printer. Because I definitely think I should make a couple bobblehead type things um, and things like that. I'm looking at a 3D printer. If there's anything else, nobody else has gone live. Interesting stuff. Let's do this. Let's go to Rumble. Uh, I'm live. All right. Let's see here. Let's go to uh, Badlands Media. Uh, is this CanCon live? Just here. Side. Let's shrink this down. Let's put up my drop screen. Let's turn on my reaction. Click on here. Let's see what they're talking about. Let's see who's on. Ah, oh, it's over. Story I want to jump into today isn't necessarily a story. It's it's kind of a uh the receipts, so to speak, of something that I was talking about yesterday, and that was the excess mortality. And uh, this is oh, uh, a YouTuber here, Dr. Cover. John Campbell, pretty pretty reputable uh, YouTube channel. And he's going over uh, the whole video again here is about nine minutes, 10 minutes long. We're not going to play the whole thing. Play about three or four minutes. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk Monkey Works. I don't know if you know who Monkey Works is. Hey there, monkeys. Grab that cup of coffee, kick back, and relax. We'll get started with a sit rep in just a minute. He talks like... Uh, if not, you can just go to Patriots. I don't know what no, they're delivering to so the southern border. That's kind of strange. And I mean, like, straight Amen. down right to the border. Uh, southern California. It says that uh, basically the... Arlie Bird right. class destroyer he USS Carney responded to distress calls fix here. around the right. so many people out there don't see what's going on. So this is talk this is Monkey Works. So I've covered Monkey Works a couple times. One of the things I covered Monkey Works with is when the Nord Stream pipeline blew up, he said that um the pipeline was basically uh, that we did it and there was a plane flying over it right when that happened. Um and I used his own information on his own screen that said, Well, your time is fucked up, you know. T the time that this happened was this time, right? Seven o'clock in the morning. And you're, you're showing that the plane wasn't there until 11 o'clock in the morning based on your own information. And he never responded to me, but he talks a little bit of logistics and I'll end on this one. They take the data points that are pushed out in front of them for face value. Nobody pulls the thread on the stuff. And that's why I'm here because okay. I'm shining. The light. That's why he's here. He's here to shine a line, shine a light. Shine the light on there for light me. on the darkness. All right. And I am sick and tired of, of the current administration lying to us, the media lying to us, and people yeah. not even questioning it. Me too. I am so sick of people lying to me. I'm more sick of people just not understanding, to be honest. It just blows me away. So, right. anyway. Now remember, he does really good on the planes. I will give him the planes. He knows planes. He knows the flying of military planes. He's ex-military. I understand that. Let's look at the supply chain stuff for a minute. Let's take a look. Yep. Is, oh, uh, as we get into the deets, um, 
around this. Now, this is Taiwan. The things, okay, so the red are going to be oil tankers. The green are going to be cargo. Containers. Container ships. Okay. All right. Now, the big thing I want you to pay attention to are the grays. Yeah. These are unspecified ships. Most of them are parked or just on an idle. Now, I've gone over this. This does not... Uh, let, him, let him finish. But as I zoom in, notice they're all kind of moored together in the general areas. It's just like a parking lot because they're out of service. Right? No. No. Unspecified does not mean out of service. Unspecified does not mean out of service. God, I want to hit my brain. Unspecified means... What do you think unspecified means? Anybody who's still in here, what do you think unspecified means? Means unspecified. Means that they're not specified. Which means... There's unspecified. I'm going to turn off so you can... So you don't confuse. Okay? So we don't confuse. There are unspecified ships bunching up in the middle of an ocean. I'm sorry, in the middle of the sea. There are unspecified ships. That wasn't a view up. I'm going to have to. In the middle of an ocean. The Pacific Ocean has unspecified ships. That does not mean they're parked. That does not mean they're... We are not looking at unspecified ships in the middle of the ocean that are just out of service. Do you know what they could be? Do you know what these ships actually could be? Fucking fishing boats that aren't AIS'd and transmitting what they are because they're not fucking paying for it. <sighs> right? And you get into China and just yeah. notice all the ships that are out of service. They're not out of service. Okay. They're not out of service. There's nothing on, on on this that says out of service. It says unspecified. Unspecified. Unspecified could be a fishing boat. You don't have an AIS. You're not claiming yourself as a specific ship. Now, you can click on them. Let's see if we can click on any unspecified ships uh, that will fall under the U.S. area. Is there any unspecified? Okay, I've got some unspecified ships. Now I click on this unspecified ship, that's an oil rig. I click on this unspecified ship, that's an oil rig. I click on this unspecified ship, this is the... Now remember, this is unspecified. Get out of the way. This is gray. And it is the US FOC. There's an unspecified ship. This one's not going to tell me. Uh, what is this one? Is this going to tell me? Oil rig. Ooh, these are ships. These are unspecified ships. This means that there's no tracking on them. Here's one that's unspecified, and it's a reserve ship. What is this? That's a shell rig. Let me see if we have any unspecified... I'm trying to find unspecified ships in our water. Here's, a, here's an unspecified ship that when I click on it, it's a U.S. government vessel. Which means that there, it could be a fucking aircraft carrier. It could be a destroyer. 
It's an unspecified military ship. It doesn't mean it's out of service. Here's an un Click on it, monkey. Click the goddamn button. Click the goddamn button, you lazy piece of shit. There's an unspecified ship. I don't know what that is. U.S. Feb. Uh, S.A.L. Selzer. I have no idea. I have no idea what that is. All right. Oh. And worse. Look at this. Yeah. yeah because, do you know why? Do you know why these are unspecified ships? Because China has a law that doesn't allow the data to get out. They block their data. They block their AIS data. If you don't know if you're allowed to transmit, a lot of them are not transmitting. So they block their data. I'm going to cut this out. Where the hell am I? Two hours. I'm going to cut this out and put this separate. They block the data. They don't want, they don't let people transmit information. Oh. I got it. I don't know what to tell you, monkey. Look at it. It's insane. And if it I, is insane. It is insane. You go in, it gets actually more granular. It's like salt. They're everywhere. They're, they are. All right. I'll give them that. They're just idle. Nothing. They're not just idle. They're not just idle. Do you want to know why they're just idle? They have. I can tell you why they're not just idle. They got little fucking arrows with their direction on them. Do you see the little arrows? The dots mean they're idle. If they've got arrows, or they're, or they're moving very slow, but if they've got arrows, they're moving in that direction. See my brain in. Nothing moving. No, they are moving. They're moving. Like, this whole row is probably a fishing fleet because they fish like this. They, tr they, they net like this. So this whole row right here that's all got arrows going down it's probably fishing. This big I'm just one. Just pointing this out <laughs> uh, because yeah. yeah, when everything is pumping, yeah, uh, it looks just amazing, right? You're like, oh yeah, man, we're getting we're getting a lot of stuff coming. Uh -huh. China's new personal information protection law that came into effect this month has reportedly prompted domestic providers to stop sharing AIS data with foreign companies. The AIS can be transmitted from coastal networks, satellites, and vessel systems. Stop sharing data. They're no longer sharing data. It's about time. Hey, how's it going there, Cam? Um, so it has nothing to do that they're just going. The yeah. economy's firing. Yeah. All right, let me back up. Yeah. Notice the flows. Yeah. Right? There yeah. are some flows there, but yep. we get over to the United States East Coast. Yes. Notice Those how far south the flows are here. All right. What are you talking about? What are you even talking about? They're going into Los Angeles port. The flows are this south. What? This stuff up here is most of it. I mean, almost all of it is going into, into Canada. Have you not heard of the weather? Have you not heard of the weather? Is the weather new to you? Truck drivers go south. Why? 
Weather. Have you not heard of the weather? Is this your first day, Funky? All of this yeah. is south of Los Angeles. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let me turn this on. Let's go back here. Going back. Let's go back here and let's let's not confuse. Let's go and turn this off and let's just turn on Tanker. South of Los Angeles, it's not all south of Los Angeles. It, it follows a path. It's going to Los Angeles and then it goes everywhere. I mean, what are you talking about? This is the path in which, are we buying from China that much? No. No. Our main trading partner is Mexico. So we've kicked China to the curb. But that doesn't mean that, what are you talking about? We still have Los Angeles. Here's the fucking anchor area of Los Angeles. You can only take so many ships. You just, uh, what? It's going right past down into here. Uh, no, it's not. What planet are you living on? Look at them. They're not just going right past. Do you think that China only goes directly here and doesn't go other places? Do you think... Listen. Uh, ship sail across here. And they might stop here in this area for fueling as they run down the coast. You know why they don't just go from here to here? Because they go from here to here and then they follow the coast because if there's any problems, any emergencies, any medical emergencies on deck, you can get help from the shoreline. You don't want to be out here just traveling all the way down here. You would rather run this and down or, to, or this up and down because you want to be near a shoreline in case of a medical emergency. Into South America. No. All right. No, they're 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 not, that's that's a normal path. Of course, they're going that way. They're they're going through the Panama Canal. They're every fucking place. Look at them all. What are you talking about, monkey? So that's just a data point for you. Okay? It's just a, a useless data point. It's a useless data point. Ships are in the water, and they're sailing. That's just a data point. Did you get that? And there's some up north, and then there's some down below in the water. Just a data point. Just a data point. Let's talk, let's talk more logistics. If you look at the port statistics, this yeah. is just Long Beach. Nothing but Long Beach. Nothing but Long Beach. Notice a negative 17.8 year-to-date change. Yeah. That is the total. All right, so mm -hmm. this gets into uh, loaded inbound, outbound, empties, et cetera, by month. Yeah. Notice, too, that they stopped reporting as of the end of October. So we are now December 4th. Yeah. We got no November number. Yeah, we'll get, they'll get caught up. They'll get caught up. Uh, Mexico comes U.S. Close enough. As of July 2023, Mexico is the biggest trading partner in the United States, around $462 billion worth of goods exchanged between the two countries. We're moving away. We're decoupling from China. We are decoupling from China. Mexico to replace China as top trading partner. Mexico. Oh, are you blocking me? 
I don't want to claim this offer. Oh, I got to sign in. I'm not signing into Bloomberg. Mexico to become the U.S.'s biggest trading partner. Mexico to, be, uh, to replace China's top trading partner. That's why we're not using these ports. Because we're bringing shit up from Mexico, because we're decoupling from Mexico, because we learned the importance of not relying on China. My guess is that is down even further when at a time of year it should actually be up. Nope. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. It should not be up by now. So it should have been up a couple months ago. Right? But you're not getting the stuff in the... It should have been up a couple months ago. November. Now, again, this is year to date. Year to date. Right? So last year, we could have been booming. They could have been getting lots of goods in. But because we're no longer in a COVID situation and things have been dropping for over a year, it's down. Should it be booming right now? No, it should have been booming in November so that people could get their shit shuffled by December. We're not bringing in goods now by boat to get to the stores in time for December 25th. It could sit at the port for 30 days. Okay? So you're not going to get it into the stores. We've already got the Christmas rush. So what you're seeing now, what you're seeing now is the downturn of the of the port freight. Now it is down 17%, but it's down 17% because we were booming before and and now we're we're going into recession. So he's he is correct by that, but it shouldn't be booming right now. It should be down because we had record levels before. So this just goes to show you exactly where we are from a supply chain's perspective. Nothing to show you exactly, because ex if you would want to look exactly, you'd have to take the inbound freight from Mexico, since Mexico is becoming the top one, uh, the, the top trading partner. Look, I don't talk planes, monkey. Don't talk supply chain. It's a data point. All right. Holiday spending outlook is sluggish across. Now I'll give them this. We all, but we already, we all know this. If you're watching me, you've already known this for months. Thousands of retailers. This is coming over from. But this uh, was 17 CNC. hours ago. His video was 17 and, hours ago. Um, the communist news business. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Supply chain survey. So kind of get down into it. And this is really the, the big brunt of it. 7,500 retailers. Customers are generally being cautious. 7,500. Okay. So they've got. To so basically what they're doing, just so you know, in, English, in the terminology he's doing is a lot of these stores. Um are no longer uh, just in timing it, right? They're basically, they'd rather list something out of stock, see how many people are clicking on the out of stock, see how many people are clicking on, let me know when this comes in and things like that. And then they'll place their orders uh, because then they can put in smaller orders. They can be more um, targeted with their purchases. And if you want it, they can airship it or they can get it, hopefully get it from Mexico and have it driven up by truck uh, compared to, um, compared to getting it from China. Pretty good sampling there. And um, says the largest retailers are past working through their excess inventories, but careful not to overorder. That means they're selling what they got. They're not replanning it. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're being selective, meaning they, they're capable of using analytics algorithms to see if you're clicking on something that's out of stock. And if enough people are clicking on that out-of-stock item, they might order some so that they can carefully choose because they no longer have the credit because of the high inflation rates. Their credit is down, so they can't just go out and use large sums of credit because their credit, they're paying high interest on their credit. Because nobody's buying it, all right? That is Correct. a big, big, big distress signal for our economy. It has been going on for a while, but this is, uh, I think you're going to find out that... Um, 
the holiday sales numbers are, are going to be pretty soft. Oh, absolutely. Right? It says here, recent messages from retailers and shippers have been pessimistic and that uh, you've got uh, the CEO, I guess, of um, Target Boutique basically saying they're doubling down on yeah. its cautious outlook for the holiday season. So they're saying, too, it's not looking good. No, absolutely. And then again, I mean, just think about it. Are you spending more money? How's your Christmas going to be? And um, FedEx, I mean, these are the guys that are moving a lot of the product. Same thing. They're basically seeing uh, destocking uh, period for retailers. Restocking has not been widespread. That means, like I said, they're selling everything they got and they're not replenishing it. Okay. So anyway, that's, that is just, again, another data point. Right. So let me. All right. That was good. So that, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about because it, when he starts to cover the ships and he starts to say all these are just ships that are just sitting there that are doing nothing, they're just parked. They're just, you know, there's all these unspecified ships here. These are just parked. Um, just, you know, people, they're just parking some of these ships in the middle of the ocean. Uh, they're just parking what's the specific ocean. All these ships, somebody just decided to park a bunch of these ships out here in the middle of the ocean. Like, that would be smart. Like, that's intelligent. Just to park a ship in the middle of the ocean and say, you know, hey, I, I'm not going to get these because I have to have the um, a specific program, which is way more expensive. Um, obviously, this is, you know, these are not just ships. Look at, look at, look at them parked all these ships out here in the middle of the ocean. They're not moving, except for the arrows that show that they're moving. And, you know, they're just parking them out here. No, it's probably fishing boats, bro. That's probably Chinese fishing boats. So when you look over here in China and they say they're all that these are all parked, well, no, that's because China has basically said, look, new laws state that you can't just share your information. So if you don't know what you're sharing, you turn your shit off because they don't want this. Now, so a lot of these all in lines out here in the middle of the sea, they're all in lines in the middle of the sea. What do you think that is? If you're if there's a bunch of ships in lines. Heading the same direction, heading a specific direction out here in the middle of the sea. Probably fishing. Welcome to the fishing fleet of China. Welcome to some container ships in China, some tankers in China, but they've turned their shit off. They're not AC, they're not AIS. These guys have tracking. But they're, they still show up because you still don't want one of these green ones running into one of these fishing boats. I mean, do you, you seriously think it's safe to just park a bunch of these fucking ships out in the middle of the fucking sea and then have all these ships running around them? I don't know. Poor monkey. Poor monkey. All right. That being said, I'm going to cut this one here. Uh, we talked about communism. We talked about Chris Paul. I'm going to split this one up. Um, I'm going to actually...